This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. We are. We are. We are cultivate. 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 We are cultivate. Hello and welcome to Ye Old Crime, where we discuss the funny, strange, and obscure crimes of yesteryear. I'm your host, Lindsay Valenti, and with me is my sister and co-host, Maddie Stengel. Hello. Hi. How's it going? Just another blustery day. Just another allergy-ridden weather variable day. We're in our second week of October, and I didn't get a chance to shout out our patron over at patreon he's our our lone mensch going strong tom thank you for supporting the whole podcast on your your capable shoulders thanks tom thank you thank you tom if you would also like to support the show i mean we're not going to tell you not to but if you want to you can join on patreon so go to <laughs> patreon.com slash yield crime podcast all one word you can also buy us a coffee buymeacoffee.com slash yield crime all one word mm-hmm. and we also have a venmo if you'd like to venmo us something <laughs> and just I give have- us money <laughs> just give us money for being great yeah that's appreciated as well Absolutely. Anyway, since it is October, we're talking about spooky things. Mm -hmm. And I thought after the subject that I was researching wasn't spooky enough for me. I was like, this is kind of boring. Didn't quake you in your boots? It didn't. No boot quaking? I decided. Quaker quaking? This week, we're going to be discussing the Flying Dutchman. Ah, nice. If you like Spongebob, Venmo us $5. I don't make the rules. (laughs) (laughs) information was pulled from the following sources a 2022 history defined article by carl sieber 2021 all that's interesting article by william delong 2021 ancient origins article by carrie sullivan 2021 marine insight article by shamsir mabra 2019 the paranormal scholar article by eric routen 2018 history collection article by natasha sheldon 2014 Travel Ground article by Rosanna McBain, 2011 NPR article, Britannica, Pirates Fandom Wiki, and Wikipedia. I love the Pirates Fandom Wiki. That's a good. I know. I and I know that's you know that's like 100% rock solid information. <laughs> Totes. Ironclad. Yeah. And links to all of these articles will be included in the show notes. If you want a playlist of all our episodes on YouTube, click the link in our show notes or in our link tree and subscribe today for not only a list of our full catalog, but a separate list as well, just of our Can You Crack the Cramp Word segments. 
you will totally be able to pick out which section is tied to that once we get there. I can't wait. <laughs> All right. Located at the southernmost tip of the African continent, Cape Town is not only the capital of South Africa, it's home to the legend of the Deer Fliegend Hallender, which is more commonly known as the Flying Dutchman. Nice. The ship, which was made popular by the Pirates of the Caribbean movie franchise, is one that's doomed to sail forever. Its appearance is said to be a bad omen to sailors, and it's believed that it was a type of Dutch sailing vessel known as a flute. Okay. So what would they commonly... This is just for fun. <laughs> I would explain. Flutes originated in the 16th century in the Dutch Republic and were designed for transoceanic delivery with the maximum amount of space available for its crew and its cargo. Nice. So it was like trying to be actual, like, comfortable sizeability. Yes. Nice. That was probably never a thing then, I would imagine. No. More stuff, less people, good luck. <laughs> yeah. So because they weren't designed for acts of aggression and didn't need to be equipped with guns and cannons, they were much cheaper to build and to man as they could be supported by a smaller crew. Yeah, you don't want you don't want like any guns if you've got a bunch of stuff on there though. Flutes were designed to be merchant vessels. They weren't designed to be warships. Yeah, but like okay. They'd be part of a fleet. So they would be like Oh, they'd the be protected. Yeah, they'd be protected. Okay. Okay, that uh, that makes me feel better. Because I'm like, that's kind of really mean <laughs> to be like, you guys don't need guns. You're fine. <laughs> doot, doot, doot. I'm just a little flute. Doot, doot, right. doot. Don't me. <laughs> I might have, you know, thousands of pounds of gold on here. Who knows? Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> Please don't board me. <laughs> <laughs> My forks can defend me. Solid silver. So if you're a werewolf, watch out. <laughs> don't come aboard. <laughs> Werewolf in the seas, you know. Tale as old as maritime. Tale as old as maritime. There you go. Like that? You like that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. The legend of the ship itself, at least in the most common telling, is that the captain of the vessel was a man named Hendrik Vanderdecken, who makes a deal and gambles away his eternal soul by making a pledge to round the Cape of Good Hope during a storm. Ooh, I mean, I can see why he did it, because it's not a good cape. Mm-mm. It's actually the worst one. It is the worst of the capes. Like, ever. But if your odds are already super high that you're already going to die, why get rid of the one bartering piece <laughs> on a slim-to-none possibility? I don't know. So it's like, a, hey... I got shot in the heart. I'm gonna barter my soul for you, to you so I can live and defeat so the bullet can just, you know, get right out of there. <laughs> like, what? So I can birth it and live. <laughs> As such, he is doomed to repeat the course for all of eternity. That sucks. So hard. That's like the so worst hard. ride ever. Forever yep. and ever. Could you imagine? 
This version of the telling is one that the opera Der Fliegenthalender, composed in 1843 by German composer Richard Wagner, is based on. Mm. And we'll circle back to this later on. Other tellings state that Captain Falkenberg sails forever through the North Sea, playing a game of dice to try and get his soul back from the devil. Again, dumb. Why would you play? You can't play games with the devil. Yeah. He invented games. They're kind of his jam. They're kind of his thing. Again, it's like trying to tell somebody who makes computers for a living, hey, I bet you can't build this version of a computer. I bet you can't beat these odds. Right. He's like, you want to bet? (laughs) Playing with his computer. (laughs) He built three (laughs) while he was explaining it. He builds a randomizer. God. The trope of the dice game is repeated several times among maritime legends, such as in the 1798 tale Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner by English poet Samuel Taylor Coleridge, in which the mariner spies a ghost ship on which life and death play a game of dice to see who will win the unlucky mariner's soul. Hmm. Dice must have been a pretty common game then at the time. I think so, yeah. That makes sense. Because if you think of like cards and maritime, mm-hmm. probably less fun and wrinkly. Yeah, I think it was more kind of like poker. Like dice was yeah. kind of like a poker type game that they would play. Almost kind of like... Yield pogs. I was thinking more like yield Yahtzee. Like- yeah. I just really wanted to play pogs. <laughs> Yeah. I miss Pogs. I do too. Anyway. (laughs) Sir Walter Scott used the legend of the Flying Dutchman as the basis of his 1813 narrative poem, Rokeby, in which a murder is committed aboard the ship. And not only that, but a plague breaks out as well, stranding the crew aboard the ship as they are not allowed to dock at any ports. Murder mystery and a plague. Wow. Wow. That's quite the tale. And then, like, maybe zombies with the plague? Maybe a love story? Who knows? <laughs> I haven't read the book. <laughs> zombie ghost. <laughs> There's zombie dice in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. They use their bones, their eyes, <laughs> and teeth. I feel like devil's teeth was Victorian slang for dice, actually. That makes sense. It was a cramp word once upon a time. Nice. Look at me remembering cramp words. I'm so fucking smart. You're so smart. By far the most famous of the legends is the version that is depicted in the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise. What? Disney? Here's where the wiki comes in. The Dutchman, whose purpose was to collect the souls of all those who died at sea and ferry them to the afterlife, quickly became a vessel feared by all across the seven seas during the golden age of piracy. Mm Mm-hmm. In this version of the legend, the Flying Dutchman is captained by Davy Jones, who was given the ship by his love, Calypso, the goddess of the sea. Mm -hmm. Calypso was the one that tasked Davy Jones with ferrying the souls of those who died at sea to the next world. This dimension that the Flying Dutchman passed through became known as Davy Jones' locker. 
and if he completed this task for 10 years, he would once again be allowed to come ashore to be with his true love, Calypso, for a day. Just one day. Wow. However, whenever Davy came ashore, he was never able to find his precious Calypso. This betrayal breaks Davy's heart, and as a result, he refuses to once again pirate the Dutchman for the purpose of helping the souls of the dead. Instead, Davy Jones meets up with the first brethren court of pirates when they convene and allies himself with them in an effort to take Calypso's ability to rule the seas away from her. Oh, yes. Okay, so you're spurned, so you just want to take her job? Rude. She's a goddess. Go home, Davy. <laughs> you're a ghost. <laughs> Davy, using the help of the brethren, is able to trick Calypso into taking human form before they bind her, preventing her from returning to the sea. Rude. Maybe she was late. Maybe yeah. she got her date wrong. She was a goddess, you know? If she's a goddess, time is just a construct to the woman, you know? Like, mm -hmm. it's, it's maritime. nothing. Grain of sand, you know? Drop in the proverbial bucket. <laughs> After this, Davy carves out his own heart and places a terrible curse upon it and the Flying Dutchman. Whoever is able to stab his heart theirs must then take his place and be bound to the Dutchman as its captain. As a result of this curse, not only was Davy changed, but the Dutchman changed as well, its crew transforming into human-slash-sea creature hybrids, with some of the crew even becoming part of the ship itself if their service to her lasted too long. Gross. And that's the Johnny Depp version of flying dutchman it's believed the ship of legend was once part of a fleet owned by the dutch east india company that traveled between the netherlands and the east indies that makes sense yeah i mean it's a dutch flute yeah its last voyage was in 1641 under the direction of captain hendrik van der decken who i mentioned at the top mm-hmm during their voyage to the East Indies, everything went as planned. They collected the exotic silks, spices, and colors as intended. It was only as the vessel ventured back to Amsterdam that the course of its place in history would be changed forever. Forever. Captain Heinrich wanted to return as quickly as possible. So in an effort to shave off some time, he opted to take the shortest route which would be around the Cape of Good Hope. God, he's so dumb. On that fateful day, a terrifying storm blew up, and the crew begged the captain to turn back. Yeah, sounds like a great idea. It wouldn't be a legend if there weren't multiple versions of the tale. Of course not. In one, Captain Heinrich realizes his error and turns the ship around to dock it safely in the harbor until it blows over. In later tellings, he pushed on because he was either drunk or had gone mad. Probably both. <laughs> in this telling, he orders the ship into the storm, during which the crew mutinies in the hope that they could wrestle control of the Dutchman out of the captain's hands in order to save themselves. You would think that would be pretty easy to do. 
unfortunately for the crew, the mutiny failed. How? <laughs> Captain Heinrich kills the leader of the mutiny, throwing his corpse overboard before shouting that he would complete the journey no matter what, even if he had to wait until doomsday. That's aggressive. He just wanted to go home. <laughs> like that, that escalated quickly, Captain. <laughs> According to the quote in Wagner's opera, the vessel itself was said to have spoken to the captain after he threw the rebel's corpse into the water, asking him if he didn't intend to join him in the bay that night. The captain replied, quote, May I be eternally damned if I do though I should beat about here till the day of judgment, end quote. Sir, if you are talking to a ship, <laughs> you might, you might want to just, you know, lay down, take a breather. Have an orange. Do you need a Snickers? I feel like if, if they would have had Snickers back in the day, that might have been completely prevented, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you just need some protein carbohydrates in response the voice was said to have spoken again oh okay quote as a result of your actions you are condemned to sail the oceans for eternity with a ghostly crew of dead men bringing death to all who sight your spectral ship and to never make port or know a moment's peace furthermore gall shall be your drink and red-hot iron your meat, end quote. In response, the captain uttered, quote, amen to that, end quote. He did not. <laughs> he did. He did not. <laughs> <laughs> amen. <laughs> boys, Preach. <laughs> boys, we iron tonight. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Once this phrase had been uttered, an angel supposedly appeared and challenged the captain's words. Completely unhinged at this point, the captain repeated himself, thereby sealing the fate of not only himself, but his ship and crew as well. I really hope it was one of those, like, biblical, accurate, biblically accurate angels where it was just, like, the weird eyeballs and, and like spheres <laughs> and it was like protect your crew and he's like fuck whatever that is even worse <laughs> hey i have sauron get the fuck out of here <laughs> he's like again eating iron sounds better than whatever that is <laughs> Another telling puts the date either at 1680 or 1729, which is quite the spread. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> but in this version, it is the devil that appears before Captain Heinrich, not an angel, and Satan condemns him, forcing the captain to sail the seas for all time. But he does have a get-out-of-jail-free card. Mm. He can the lives of himself and his crew by winning the affections of a faithful woman. Not an unfaithful one, a faithful one. Okay, that's so rude. 
That's so okay. This is a this is a guy who clearly has been divorced <laughs> or left. <laughs> this was written by a man with no maidens. Okay. <laughs> yeah. In this telling, the captain is able to return to land once every seven years in search of a woman to break his curse. I don't know if it's like for a day, because if that's the case, how do you rope a maiden in a day? Well, and like, what does he look like at that point? Has he after, bathed? After he's been eating iron on the seas <laughs> for years and for seven years. He I just mean, like got layers of salt built up on him. Sorry, there's no faith if you can smell him before he even gets off the boat. All right, like, mm -hmm. sorry, dude. Helen Keller would say that. I was just going to say, unless you find a Helen Keller type, but even then she might be like, mm, you feel weird. <laughs> she can still smell. I don't like Just because she's blind and deaf doesn't mean she can't smell. Like, what is that? <laughs> just like touching, <laughs> touching the texture of him too. But he's all like, Blech. I don't know, lumpy. <laughs> Soggy. Soggy. I don't know. Soggy and gritty at the same time. Always moist. Mm -hmm. Perpetually moist. Gross. But yet also dry. Ugh. But also sandy. <laughs> Regardless of the telling, the ship, its captain, and its crew were all lost in the storm. That doesn't mean they've been lost forever. Hmm. Reports of the ghostly vessel have been shared all over the world, seen floating above the ocean waves or just below, like a great whale beneath the water. Nice. He's like, I want to be a submarine before I even know what that is. <laughs> boop, boop. <laughs> Down the periscope. We're, we're the original submarine, because we can't breathe anymore. <laughs> we don't need air. Airs for losers. <laughs> the first mention of the fable ghost ship in print was released in 1790 in a book by John MacDonald titled, quote, Travels in Various Parts of Europe, Asia, and Africa During a Series of 30 Years and Upwards, end quote. Wow. That was just the title. Didn't know anything about taglines. Got it. They were extremely literal back then. It's like, wow. They didn't hide anything. It really drawn me to it. There was nothing, mm -hmm. nothing quite like yield advertising. They didn't leave any mystery. Mm -mm. In the book, he stated, quote, The weather was so stormy that the sailors said they saw the Flying Dutchman. The common story is that this Dutchman came to the Cape in distress of weather and wanted to go into harbor, but could not get a pilot to conduct her and was lost, and that ever since, in very bad weather, her vision appears, end quote. Also super sad. Just reliving yeah. the worst day. It's the worst kind of Groundhog Day. The worst Groundhog Day. Bill Murray could never. He'd be so pissed. <laughs> the next printed recording of The Flying Dutchman was included in the 1795 book, quote, A Voyage to New South Wales, end quote, by George Barrington. In it, he states, quote, I have often heard of the superstition of sailors respecting apparitions and doom, but had never given much credit to the report. It seems that some years since, a Dutch man-of-war was lost off the Cape of Good Hope, and every soul on board perished. Her consort weathered the gale and arrived soon after at the Cape. Having refitted and returning to Europe, 
they were assailed by a violent tempest nearly in the same latitude. In the night watch, some of the people saw, or imagined they saw, a vessel standing for them under a press of sail, as though she would run them down. One in particular affirmed it was the ship that had foundered in the former gale, and that it must certainly be her, or the apparition of her. But on its clearing up, the object, a dark, thick cloud, disappeared. Nothing could do away the idea of this phenomenon on the minds of the sailors, and on their relating the circumstances when they arrived in port, the story spread like wildfire, and the supposed phantom was called the Flying Dutchman. From the Dutch, the English seamen got the infatuation, and there are very few Indiamen, but what has someone on board who pretends to have seen the apparition? End quote. Hmm. That last sentence did not make sense at all. George Barrington. <laughs> the Dutchman was mentioned again in the book, quote, Scenes of Infancy, end quote. Hmm. Now I'm just picturing a bunch of babies. Right. A bunch of babies. Just a bunch of babies trying to navigate a boat. Make their way in the world. Sea babies. Sea babies. Which was published in 1803 by John Layden. In it, he notes, quote, It is a common superstition of mariners that in the high southern latitudes on the coast of Africa, hurricanes are frequently ushered in by the appearance of a specter ship denominated the Flying Dutchman. The crew of this vessel are supposed to have been guilty of some dreadful crime in the infancy of navigation and to have been stricken with pestilence and are ordained still to traverse the ocean on which they perished till the period of their penance expire, end quote. I hate the word pestilence. I do too. So like in this one, they basically are plague babies mm -hmm. that are stuck on a ghost ship until they've somehow done enough to atone for their plague-invested sins. I guess. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Who decides that? Who's Who decides, you know what? Today's the day. Congratulations, everybody. Every baby. Sauron? <laughs> I don't know. That one random angel, and they're like, <laughs> like when they see him again. And then he gets offended because he's like, you guys, I don't look that bad. <laughs> Screw you guys. I'll see you in a millennia. <laughs> That's so mean. You even got clear eyes to clear this up. It's so cruel. The Legend of the Flying Dutchman was printed in the May 1821 edition of Blackwood's Edinburgh's Magazine. It notes Captain Heinrich and is the first instance in which the captain has been mentioned by name. Quote, She was an Amsterdam vessel and sailed from port 70 years ago. Her master's name was Vanderdecken. He was a staunch seaman and would have his own way in spite of the devil. For all that, never a sailor under him had reason to complain, though how it is on board with them nobody knows. The story is this, that in doubling the Cape, they were a long day trying to weather the Table Bay. However, the wind headed them, and went against them more and more, and Vanderdecken walked the deck, swearing at the wind. Just after sunset, a vessel spoke him, asking him if he did not mean to go into the bay that night. Vanderdecken replied, May I be eternally damned if I do, though I should beat about here till the day of judgment. And to be sure, he never did go into that bay, for it is believed that he continues to beat about in these seas still, and will do so long enough. This vessel is never seen but with foul weather along with her. End quote. Yeah. 
So just kind of becoming an omen more than anything else. Mm -hmm. This one is my favorite. A very compelling account of the Dutchman took place on July 11th, 1881, by the British Royal Naval vessel, the HMS Bushanti. Prince Albert Victor, his brother, the future King George V of Wales, and their tutor, John Neil Dalton, were moored off the Australian coast between Melbourne and Sydney during their three-year-long voyage around the globe. After their initial ship had suffered from a damaged rudder, the group transferred to a new vessel, the HMS Inconstant. Yeah, way to put, way to put your future king on that boat. At the time, Prince Albert would have been 17, George would have been 16, and their tutor John was 41. In then Prince George's log, he notes the following, quote, July 11th, at 4 a.m., the Flying Dutchman crossed our bows. A strange red light, as of a phantom ship all aglow, in the midst of which light the masts, spars, and sails of a brig 200 yards distant, stood out in strong relief as she came up on the port bow, where also the officer of the watch from the bridge clearly saw her, as did the quarter-deck midshipman, who was sent forward at once to the forecastle but on arriving there was no vestige nor any sign whatever of any material ship was to be seen, either near or right mm. away to the horizon, the night being clear and the sea calm. Thirteen persons altogether saw her. At 10.45 a.m., the ordinary seaman who had this morning reported the flying Dutchman fell from the four topmast cross trees onto the top gallant forecastle, and was smashed to atoms. End quote. What? So the person who originally saw Flying Dutchman was the person yeah. who would be in like the quote unquote crow's nest at the very top. And he fell out of it and landed on the deck of the ship. Just and like blew up. His body his body went completely and what I'm inferring from this is that was the bad fortune. Is that because he was the one that saw it first? That they sacrificed he was the one that whose body went completely, yeah, Ugh. reduced to atoms. Gross. Yeah, that. Bleh. All right. The Dutchman was sighted by another British vessel in 1835 on a stormy night, approaching at full sail on a collision course before it suddenly vanished. That wouldn't be terrifying, right? Yeah, it's like coming right at you, and then all of a sudden it's just. Sightings of the Dutchman persisted into the 20th century. In fact, in 1939, the British South Africa Annual noted its appearance to beachgoers at Glencairn Beach in Cape Town. Quote, With uncanny volition, the ship sailed steadily on as the Glencairn beach folk stood about, keenly discussing the whys and wherefores of the vessel. Just as the excitement reached its climax, however, the mystery ship vanished into thin air as strangely as it had come, end quote. Yeah. Which is weird. Yeah. Like 1939. Like, it would be really unnerving if you knew of the legend, seeing it and not being on a boat. It'd be like, does this mean I'm going to die? Yeah, you're just hanging out, having a good day. And then all of a sudden you see this weird omen ship that like murders people <laughs> and you're like can you get me mm -hmm. if i'm on land yeah i don't know 
Three years later, in 1942, four people in Table Bay near Cape Town reported seeing the Dutchman, as well as a British writer named Nicholas Montserrat, who reported seeing it while serving in the Royal Navy in World War II. Saw it in World War II? Yeah, it was 1942. I mean, that was a really bad omen. (laughs) Yeah. There was a world war. (laughs) Lots of people died. Additionally, a German submarine crew also reported seeing a ghost ship in the Suez Canal, but they're Nazis, so you can take that how you want. (laughs) Yeah, they were like, listen, you need to see us. You need to stop. But after this report, it hasn't been seen since then. Crazy. Which is weird. Maybe they were like, you know what? We saw some Nazis. We didn't really like that. Yeah. We're done. <laughs> yeah. We don't want to We don't want to hang out anymore. That was our eye of moment. We're kind of done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're done. So what is fact and what is fiction? According to many historians, a sea captain named Heinrich van der Decken has never been found on any records. Although some scholars have tried to tie the legend to Dutch Captain Bernard Foca. Captain Foca, his voyages between the island of Java and the Netherlands were notoriously speedy compared to his compatriots. In 1668, mm. he was able to accomplish in three months what would take others around a year, and that was to travel to Indonesia from the Netherlands. Okay, so people would be like, the only way he's that fast is if it if he made a deal with the devil. Yep. Yeah. That makes sense. It's all jealousy. <laughs> totally. That's totally what it is. Yeah. Captain Foca was able to navigate around a huge chunk of Europe, the whole length of Africa, and across the Indian Ocean at a speed that at the time was almost unheard of. And all this before the Suez Canal was even a thing. Mm-hmm. Due to his speedy escapades, rumors began to circulate that he was a severe taskmaster to serve under, and that anyone who was a part of his crew lived in abject misery. Mm, right. Hence, many began to state that he must be in league with the devil, with yep. one legend stating that he sold his soul in order to be the fastest sailor in the world. Or he was just really good at his job. Yeah, he could just be really good. And so were the people that worked for him. Right. One thing is true, though. As we discussed, the Cape of Good Hope is known for its shipping disasters. Yeah. The Cape was first navigated by Portuguese explorer Bartholomew Diaz in 1488 and was originally known as the Cape of Storms for its unpredictably strong currents, unexpected storms, and deadly outcrops. It was renamed by John II of Portugal due to the shortcut it provided to India. That's so stupid. Mm -hmm. That's so stupid and so cruel because I bet you that just led to so much unnecessary death. Yeah. One theory to explain why sightings of the Flying Dutchman and other ghost ships used to be so prevalent is the idea of Fata Morgana. These optical illusions, or mirages, are created by reflections of ships sailing far away. With the right atmospheric conditions, a distorted image of the ship can be projected for miles in the air. And considering sailing ships aren't super common these days, 
It makes sense why there have not been any new sightings since the mid-1900s. Yeah, that does make sense. And if you think about it too, like, how bad would your eyesight get just being in the sea constantly? And if it was super sunny out, they didn't really have sunglasses. They didn't really have eye protection, you know? Mm-mm. Yeah, that makes sense. It's all just an optical illusion and superstitions. Mm-hmm. And that's the Flying Dutchman. Nice. Key takeaway, men are stupid. And I have Sauron angels. And I have Sauron angels. When you see one, be nice. <laughs> or you might just be condemned to a ship forever. Yeah. <laughs> that no one will ever see ever again. Looking for more content? You can find us online at yieldcrimepodcast.com. If you'd like to see pictures from this week's episode, not to mention bonus content and funny memes, make sure to follow us on Twitter at yieldcrimepod and on Facebook and Instagram at Yield Crime Podcast. On TikTok, of course you are. Follow us at Yield Crime Podcast. Grab your marshmallows and sleeping bags for the Burnt Marshmallows Podcast, where cozy mysteries come alive around the crackling campfire. Picture yourself wrapped in a warm blanket, sipping hot cocoa, as we share spooky tales that will whisk you away to a world of mystery, ghosts, and perhaps even an occasional monster. Crime-solving spirits, urban legends, Bigfoot, we've got it all. Join Burnt Marshmallows every Tuesday, wherever you listen to podcasts for Cozy Mysteries. This week's podcast plug is Burnt Marshmallows, Cozy Mysteries podcast from the Darkcast Network. Gather around the campfire while host Aurora shares a little mystery for you to solve by the end of each episode. And we will have a link to their show in the show notes. Nice. We have no more listener questions, so if you would like to submit your listener question, you can DM us on mm-hmm. Twitter X. X the- well, it's still free. You can slide into our DMs on Instagram. You can message us on Facebook. You can thread us. I don't think you can tag people on threads. I don't know. Threads is weird. But Yeah, I haven't tried it yet. Ask us your questions. And on that note, uh, what's something good you'd like to share? So I've been working a part-time job at Starbucks because I kind of wanted to do it. I've been talking about it for a while. Uh, Working from home is great, but there's like very little human interaction. And I always really loved making coffee and making people happy with coffee. And so I applied and I got the job and everyone there is very cute And they think I'm much younger than I am, which is great. (laughs) Mm -hmm. They're like, oh, my God, you're like 23, maybe? And I was like, bless you. I'm like a decade more than that. (laughs) But sure. But I've just been having a lot of fun, like making drinks and stuff. While I was training last week, I got to use their very very fancy machines, uh, machines that are way nicer than when I was working. And they liked my drink so much, they put it on the little bulletin board for people to try. Nice. So, yeah, I've just been having fun making coffee and seeing dogs in the drive-thru and giving pup cups and having like a very low-energy job in comparison to my very stressful grown-up job that I do (laughs) 
the rest of the time. So yeah, it's been really nice. What about you? I still don't have a job, but that's okay. I'm doing what I can to get there. But something mm-hmm. good is being able to see my oldest working at her first job was really cool. Mm-hmm. It's weird to think that I have a kid that's old enough now to be employed. But yeah, it was fun seeing her, like being able to observe her from afar and see how mm-hmm. good she's doing. And it warmed the cockles of my heart. Nice. Yeah. You've got good kids. I'll try. All right, shall we? We shall. A great way to support the show if you want to help us out, but you can't do so financially, is to leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, Good Pods, Podcast Addict, and Audible. Got something you want to say? Shoot us an email over at yieldcrimepodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your story ideas, see any gifts you send our way, or if you just want to say hello. We're pretty friendly. Speaking of friendly, if you'd like to have real-time conversations with us, consider joining our Discord over at the Cultivate Network. You can chat with us over at the Old Crimers Cubby, or catch up with any of the other great creators that are part of the Cultivate family of podcasts. Just click the link in our show notes, or over on our link tree to get started today. And also, we're having another spoopy sale over on our Tea Public shop. Yay! Spoopy sale! You can get up to 35% off everything in our store, October 12th through the 15th. Go check nice. it out. Buy some spoopy merch and send us photos when you get your spoopy merch. We'd like to see yeah. what you get. And if you Absolutely. like it, because that makes us happy. It does. If you're interested in ad-free content, consider supporting us with a one-time donation either over on Buy Me a Coffee or our Venmo page, both of which are in our link tree and in the show notes. If you'd like early ad-free content, not to mention some bonus material, become a member of our Patreon today for as low as a dollar a month. And on that note, as always, I'm Lindsay. And I'm Madison. And we'll see you next time with another tale as old as crime.